1: You are doing a great job teasing the heck out of our listeners for your next car. I am actually well, laughing at your post this morning okay. because you're doing a great job. I'm actually kind of feeling sorry for people because they're ready to hear what you're going to get. They are, and I'm, I don't know when you're going to release the well, information. I don't know what you're feeling like yet, but this is actually I'm, I'm shipping. Here's here's the this problem. Is interesting because there have been some dang good guesses. There's some very good guesses. Yeah. There
0: are, and I don't want to give away too much, but there are a couple of you that have actually gotten it right yeah I so, noticed that too,
1: and I thought mm, I'm not going to say anything
0: pretty interesting <laughs> I, I thank you for the guesses on both Facebook and Instagram as to what the next car is going to be uh, I'll be honest, the reason I haven't revealed it yet is I want to hear it's on a truck first. well, yeah, there is that because I'm having to ship it cross country and there's all mm-hmm. not for mm-hmm. forget the and, and and also let me let me clarify this when I know it's here there will I will divulge on the podcast not only what the car is but the whole process of getting it. Some of you have asked about how did I search? How did I shop? How did I buy? I want to talk about all of that. Okay? Yeah. Oh, yeah. But I'm going to yeah, wait yeah. until it's on a truck and moving to me. Because- well, it's like a film or any project that we do I don't yeah.
1: consider us done until
0: people are watching it there's there's part of me that wants to wait until it's in my driveway I'm kind of because that mindset you know then you're gonna something wanna... could happen to the truck well, who knows you know <laughs> I hate to say it but you know my dad shipped his first avalanche cross country that. and it caught fire was, you know so anyway just gonna say yeah. that. It's funny. so but we'll see so anyway but uh, I will reveal when I know for sure that it's my car Because I've had all the the bank versus dealer madness. Yeah, sorting that out. And then it's, you know, oh, our our transport doesn't go very near that. Well, let's figure out a transport that does. (laughs) And then, of course,
1: Ty sent a link. He's the
0: guy who owns the... Uh, classic Mustang in, the in episode
1: five, nineteen sixty-eight Mustang, perfectly restored. It's actually his wife's car, and then he sends me this link to a five thousand-dollar Porsche nine twenty-eight. Uh-oh! And then I went off the deep end this morning, and I wasted an hour. Of course you did. I I looked at the clock, and I had to get out of here. I, I had to will run say, errands
0: and, but I will say that's not an hour wasted.
1: Well, it's an hour, hour wasted, but it's not but wasted. But you're but yeah. right. But then I was just I was trolling everything, and uh-huh. then it got really bad. And I thought, what am I doing? <laughs> Why am I? <laughs> It was a red one. It was only $5,000. Uh, it was 1985, and I I really liked a step it. too late, apparently. Yeah, and, uh, yeah the it's link gone. was dead this morning. But then, of course, I've kept searching and justified my own. Like, well, it's only 12000 What if I bump that up to fifteen? What could I get? <laughs> so I'm doing it to myself, you, you just so it yourself. you all know. You, you blow
0: your own I, budget. I am yes.
1: doing it here to myself. So just wanted you to know that. We're, um, I'm awaiting the reveal, but, uh, I may slide in there too. It's hey, surprise a rally yeah. cross 928. Hey, I love it. I love it. If That'd I can, if I can, we'll see. But we've got a great debate, great couple of debates yeah. with Kirk writing to us from North Central Iowa, mm-hmm. who's, uh, describing his area as, um, Some people think Iowa has hills, roads following (laughs) rivers, but he said, I I live on straight roads with a mound of dirt that some people call a hill every once in a while. He
0: sent a tiny URL link to his commute, and (laughs) he wins. You win, Kirk. You win (laughs) for the single most straight nothing happens here commute I have Uh ever seen. It's 30 miles. He gets on a road. He points either east or west, depending <laughs> on which way he's going. When he's done, he turns around, goes the other direction. It's just a straight line. It is pretty straight.
1: All right, so thanks for writing in there. And then Tom is in Cincinnati, Ohio, writing as a, uh, hey, we're empty nesters, need a third mm-hmm. car. What kind of thing that we sh- should we get? It's and the then, fun convertible
0: question with, with no restrictions and a halfway decent budget, which is good. Oh, yeah. Great yeah, budget, sure. Tom.
1: I have your car. Oh, I've, good.
0: I've got it. Good, I'm thrilled. And I've
1: got the phrases that you will start hearing alongside ownership of this particular car. I like it even more. So I good. can't wait to debate his, his good, good. Uh, car here. But, yeah, let's jump right into Kirk's debate here. He's in north-central Iowa, as I said. He's a design engineer at an agricultural company, as he describes. You know, it's the land of corn and soybean fields and mm-hmm. straight, flat roads, Every direction. My commute is a straight line. My commute home, home also a straight line. Yeah. <laughs> but he does say there's a large car culture in the Midwest and mm-hmm. Iowa. Mm-hmm. Of course, they're put away for six months, and then they come out in the summer and fall and that kind of thing. And he was autocrossing in 09, starting then when he was living in Wichita, Kansas. Yeah. He did yeah. autocross. Then he actually did some rallycross, too, Fun. which is cool. Moved back to Iowa in 2012 gone to a few events there, and he says, well, the problem with these kinds of events is they're a minimum of two hours away from where he's located. That's tough. Which uh, does get tough to keep that dream alive there. And so he gives us his list of cars that he's owned, but he's asking for a car, really, that is kind of should I have this car that does it all it mm-hmm. autocrosses it rally crosses it does that single straight line commute thing
0: yes i mean this is where this gets difficult is he starts to dig into his car history and kirk's car history includes a car i cannot believe you've actually owned and i'm sorry that i'm <laughs> going to throw down on this car but the 2004 Chev- chevrolet malibu max Yes, Kirk, he was actually ranting a little bit about that before we started the podcast. I followed one for part of the Corvette shoot and <laughs> called it out on camera. It may make it in the film. This is possibly one of the worst design cars GM has done, and they made the Aztec. Honestly. Does rival an Aztec, but because here's the thing, because it is phoned-in design. Of course, I'm not the design guy, but they took still tell they took they took a Chevrolet (laughs) Malibu from that era, which is already boxy and a bit you know ungangly to begin with, and somebody clearly had a discussion about we need a wagon version, and I think somebody sat down (laughs) with the paper and went line line done. Can I go to lunch now? Exactly. That happened before they had their coffee and they decided they were finished. You had that car, many others. But currently, here's the thing. This gets interesting. Currently, you have four cars. Mm -hmm, Yes. You have the the Kia Sorento. That is your wife's car. That is the normal car. You have two kids, eight and five. Right. That's the normal, just does life car. That's the most normal one of the list. Okay? (laughs) You also have... Currently, a 1983 Mazda RX-7, so first gen RX-7, right? right. But it's a race car, so it's it's, gutted, race seats, roll bar, 130 thousand miles. Will not be used ever on a public road. So it's fun, but it's only for that purpose. Mm -hmm. And by the way, not a commute car. Uh, You also have a uh, Chevrolet Lumina. The 1996 Chevrolet Lumina. I blocked that word out of my car brain, Kirk. Here it's coming back. I can't believe that that Lumina is back in my nomenclature, actually. Given to you by your dad when you got rid of your... You had a a high, high high-mile firebird. This is the commute car that is the drudgery car. Yes, yes. I think Kirk would agree with us. We're not trying to slag on his cars because everybody has a different approach. And, you know, cars just come into your life. They do. And then there's the 2002 Subaru Impreza. This is the 2.5 RS, very cool car. I really like this car, except it does need an engine.
1: Well, yes, as Todd is saying, this engine, uh, back in 2012, Kirk was autocrossing this car, and uh, spun a rod bearing, and he replaced it with a Firebird, did some more Rallycross events with that, and then he moved on to this 2015, well, in 2015, he was given this RX-7, so it was a free race car from a coworker, but What has happened to this Subaru is it's currently taking two of the four stalls in his garage as it undergoes an engine rebuild. Yes. So it's not running. It's sitting there taking up two of four stalls. Mm -hmm. This is kind of a problem. Yes. So the Lumina lives outside in the driveway. The RX-7 is in a stall, and then the key is in the fourth one. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All right. So 2012, it's... Kirk, it's been a while since that car's (laughs) ran. I'm not really that great at math. I'm slightly better than Todd. I I
0: would say, but hang on.
1: 2012 to now. I can do you one better. Still undergoing an engine restoration.
0: His five-year-old probably wasn't born when this happened. Oh, don't do that. I'm sorry, Kirk. I had to throw it down. But honestly, that car's been sitting longer than your youngest has been alive. Okay, when we
1: put it like that, then you know, something needs to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm Mr. sure your wife is listening in and probably nodding her head along with but, us.
0: But this is where the twist comes in. Mm-hmm. is He was thinking about, should I buy a tow vehicle for the race car? Which is a fair... When you have a race car, this is a fair question. It is... It, spend. I mean, because in how do you get succession of uh, completely? How do you thoughts. get it to the track? Well, I yes. can't drive it to the track. How do I get mm-hmm. it to the track? You know what I'll do? I'll buy a ten to fifteen thousand uh, dollar pickup <laughs> truck. Okay, but then yeah. his wife came in with that. I'm going to say honestly, moment of clarity. So, congrats to your wife, Kirk, because she came in and she said, "Wait a minute, hang on, hang on, just a second. What if you sold three cars, the Lumina you don't like?" The RX-7, you can't drive anywhere but the track. And the Subaru that, by the way, I'm going to say it again, hasn't run since longer than our one of our kids has been alive. What if you sold all three and got yourself a car that you can drive daily that you like so the Lumina curse is gone? Yeah. And then if there's fun driving to do, it's also good for that. Well, the fun driving includes, as I said, autocross,
1: rallycross, cross. And possible track days. Mm-hmm. I mean, this car is truly the do-it-everything for him. Yes,
0: yes. That's a tall order. It is, but I don't get the impression we're going to be doing that every weekend.
1: No, and you can rally-cross Saturns. Sure. And Miatas, and you can really rally-cross anything, and autocross anything. I mean, yeah. people have autocross
0: advantages. And I think the autocross is more likely than the rally-cross, but who knows? I and I think, I think so, too. I also think your, your type of track time might be... Vary depending on the car you wind up in too. If you wind up with something that was good on the actual track, I suspect you'd seek out an actual track and autocross versus something that's good for rally cross and autocross. I think you'd probably vary things up a bit. Back to the math equation here. Yes, the budget is we're good at the budget is sent in to us
1: with cents mm-hmm. included. I'm talking all the Just way, to not to noticed. 15 grand. Yep. It's fourteen thousand nine hundred ninety-four dollars and twenty-eight cents is the mm-hmm. maximum budget here. Mm-hmm. I read ten to fifteen, and Todd and I both looking at each other, thinking, "All right, this truck that you were planning on buying, ten to fifteen. But if we do take your wife's advice and mm-hmm. sell three cars, does that not increase your budget by a significant amount? At least five grand. At least
0: at least. But well, here's, grand, the, here's right? the thing. Yes, exactly. You you're you're talking about getting a pickup for ten to fifteen grand. So if you don't get a pickup because you don't need a tow car anymore you have that 10 let's just call it 10 10 grand there that isn't now going to a pickup now what are those three other cars worth i'm going to take total guesses the race car rx7 i'm going to go five six grand the sitting in pieces subaru five six grand the lumina two grand so there's another twelve. The it might
1: be a tax write-off.
0: It might be. It might be, might be a fiery car burial into a cornfield. That could be fun. Uh, don't burn down the cornfield. <laughs> no. Don't say we sent you. Uh, but, but but anyway, let's I just say let's just say those three cars, twelve grand. Let's just say they, they walk out the door for even grand. ten. Even ten. You add that to the ten for the pickup. Yeah. We've got twenty grand to work with. Honestly, yeah. unless unless I missed a meeting here, but you're talking casually about ten to fifteen for a pickup, and then selling these other cars. That's our pool of money. Yes, with the Subaru still with its engine rebuild needing to be done. Yeah, you've got
1: kids, a commute in a straight line. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering when you have time to do this. Kirk. Agreed, agreed. Yeah. So I'm actually leaning towards getting rid of two cars, but keeping the RX-7 because oh, you really? can rally cross RX-7s. Sure, you could rally cross whatever. Sure, why not? And and it was a free race car.
0: Yeah, there's something now, you said
1: there. It's in one stall, so we've got Mm -hmm. the Kia in one stall, the RX-7 in another, Mm -hmm. and then we're looking for the next one that does it all. And as you said, maybe the Luminous 2 Grand, maybe it's a write-off, maybe it's a, hey, I just left it there by the side it, of the road and it, walked yeah, away. Yeah, it might be of hundreds car. of
0: dollars. Who knows what the actual condition of this car is? It might be <laughs> as you high know. as hundreds of dollars. Yes, exactly. Th- this might stretch to be a lemon's car. I mean, honestly, I don't know the condition. No, that's not a bad idea. No, don't add a car car. We're not adding a race car. Yet. No, <laughs> that's the last we're thing we adding. need. No, no.
1: So I've been thinking about this, and I actually also came to a $20,000 imaginary budget. I think I, th- I think I see that in this story. Do you? Yeah. Well, Kirk sent in a litany of cars. He did. He said, here's everything I'm looking at. All the links to go along with these cars, too. Incredibly varied, by the way. Well, it includes an S60R Volvo, IS300 Lexus, Cadillac CTS-V and ATS, a Genesis Coupe, Audi S5, GTO, Charger SRT, and RT versions.
0: Also in there was a 370Z Nismo. There was a 911, 996, 911 in there. There was an old 996, 911. There was an old vet. I mean, essentially, we're shopping, and in our weird math we've just done, 20 grand and below. Mm-hmm. Everything from sedans. He had a, one of those those cool and hard-to-find ZHP uh, 3 Series cars. Yes, right. Remember those? Right, the the right. E46 uh, four-door ZHP package, which is a good six-speed. Yep. Actually, surprisingly good car if you could find one. Nice bit of power there. Great do-it-all. Yep. Yep. Uh, so, it's like almost an M3, but it's a four door, which is pretty cool. So, you fa- found one of those. I mean, we're talking under 20 grand. We can kind of go nuts. What I also thought was interesting is everything from that four door, those ATSs, those are four doors, those are big cars, yeah, to yeah. things like the Corvette and the 350Z Nismo. So, clearly, it doesn't have to have four doors, four seats.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was actually thinking less, Kirk, in terms of. What car can I go get for the money? And more really reading your story and keeping in mind Mm. the commute, the autocross, compact, fun to drive, hatchback, handily, something completely different that is not on your list and nowhere near any of your ownership that includes a couple of Ford Rangers uh, and, yes, this Pontiac Firebird. Hmm. All right. So I'm looking at this and thinking, you're also the kind of guy that likes to wrench, True. keep true. things yeah. up and upgrade and modify and all that kind of thing. But you haven't had a German car. Mm-hmm. And I think it could be about time.
0: But <laughs> Shocking I'm, that you su- to I'm not going to suggest
1: yeah. Porsche, BMW, or Mercedes.
0: Whoa. Where'd you go?
1: I went to 2012 or 2013 okay. VW Golf R. Oh. This car, if you think of the RX-7 as your rallycross car and the Golf R is doing everything else. Hmm. I see This it. could be compelling because as a commute car, great, easy, sure, fun to drive, sure. enjoyable. Yep. Most cars will be fine on a straight line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then when you start thinking autocross and then you start thinking, huh, well, what if I do want to have room to take the kids and some stuff mm-hmm. and that kind of thing? Sure. And even though we joke, I've looked around. I've found that range of Golf R's, okay. the Mark Six Golf R. In a variety of, of mileage, from 111000 all the way down to, I think, 59000 miles. Okay, okay. And they're right about 17 dollars to $20,000. Okay, and I think, right. okay, what if they do need some upgrade and upkeep and that kind of mm-hmm. thing? He can probably work on it himself. Probably. And wouldn't doing that on that car, rather than slogging back to the Subaru engine build, <laughs> wouldn't doing that and <laughs> Possibly, doing his maintenance yeah. and, and learning a new platform and all that kind of stuff. We mm-hmm. actually talked about it on the last podcast mm-hmm. about... The the scary thing from leaving a car that's known and going actually to an unknown True. platform True. With, yeah, yeah. what is this car going to do to me as far as mm, maintenance? Mm. But I think you're up for it, Kirk. I really do. I see it. I and see it's it. got that great driving feel. I I really like this year. I'm impressed by them okay. for the price okay. because at that kind of money, you think, well, GTI. No, how about the Golf R? Hmm. I think they're a lot of fun. Yeah, I see There's a ton of upgrades that you could do. I mean, you can get 500 horsepower out of these things. If you really want, you could talk to our friends at Integrated Engineering here in Salt Lake. But
0: it is a six-speed, too, which is cool.
1: Yes, it's very cool. And I'm just looking at that as the, huh, this really could be a great all-rounder. Keep the free race car. Mm. We're down to three cars at this point. Mm. And now we've introduced something, the toe in the pool of German cars now. I like it. I like it. And it's a nice place to be. Yeah. Just saying.
0: That's good. That's really good.
1: That's where I went. I actually stuck on that thinking, there's a variety of cars we could do, but yeah. what about this generational Golf R? Get yeah. something with low miles. I bet you there's a huge enthusiast community that would mm-hmm. love to rally around you once you get this car, mm-hmm. and I say, go for it.
0: Very cool. I like this. I like this. That's a very good one. I actually didn't go there. I have a few I want to mention, but first off, Kirk, I want to talk about two that were on your list. You found an old vet for this kind of money? Sure. Sure. You also found a 350 Z Nismo. Yeah, do that. Mm-hmm, I think sure. you enjoy both those cars. Sure. I actually think that the vet would be the better commute car than probably. the 370. I think it's gonna be a little stiff, but and probably a little, probably little loud. Yeah. But uh, but not bad by any means. I think both of those are, are viable. I'm I'm in the camp of selling everything but your wife's Kia. I mean, I, look, I understand free race car, but I also look at it this way: free money. True, because true. you aren't you aren't going every week, and you're talking about the fact that that any race events or any autocrossing is, is at least two hours away. Yeah, and because that that let's be honest, that RX-7 is essentially in need of a tow vehicle now. It is. He does mention it is street legal, but you probably don't really want to spend
1: too much time true. At, on the street. It's not. It's not a two-hour adventure. I realize yeah. now. Think about this. I did not solve your truck to tow this around, but technically speaking, that RX-7 yeah. is street legal. That's my yeah, gray area right there. I, that I'm trying I think, to get away with.
0: I think it's out for me. For me personally, okay. in my scenario, it's out. So okay. all three of those cars go. You keep your wife's Kia. She's cheering right now, by the way. So anyway, so that's <laughs> happened. And then, but but here's the thing. Yes, you could go vet. You could go uh, Nismo. Uh, I am going to say it because it could do everything. Mm. It's going to be perfectly good year-round commute car. Decent miles per gallon. Kids in the back, if you have to oh, look, I'm autocrossing this, and it's brilliant, the 86 chassis. Yeah, it's up there. The FRS sure. BRZ, uh, you can get them for cheap well within your budget. You can find one for $13,000, mm-hmm, okay? Yeah. And if you want to do stuff to it, there's tons of stuff out there. Well, he is do. already used to working on Subarus exactly. and that do, entire platform. He knows totally. this engine. You could do whatever you want to that car if you want to right. make it nuts. I, right. I think you should keep it kind of normal, but you can make it nuts if you want. Sure. That exists. And then I thought, you know what, we've just gotten rid of a rotary. I have to say it. You like working on cars, you like that rotary motor. R X eight. You can find the nicest one in the country for ten, twelve grand. That's true. You're gonna be an owner that would take Which is care so of it. Shocking actually. You know, you're gonna do the commute every day. The thing that those cars don't like is really lots of little tiny short trips. You're doing a thirty mile blast every day. Just be sure you get it up there <laughs> into the high end of the RPM. Put oil in it. Watch that as well. But you're an owner that knows how to work on stuff, so I don't feel yeah, bad great. recommending that. It's got two back seats. They're little, but it's got two back seats. That chassis is great, it, it handles really well. That's a viable option. Yeah, yeah. And then I went to two hatchbacks because he didn't bring up hatchbacks, really.
1: No, he didn't. That's but what stuck I think out to it's me. viable.
0: I like your Golf R quite a bit, but I have to mention two. Okay. If you want craziness that can also settle down on the freeway, Mazda Speed 3. Very true. All day long, tons of those. <laughs> and if you want to experience torque steer, you're living that's in a, Iowa a where game right like, there. True. You're living in Iowa where there are no where there are no turns to your commute. But you know what? You could put your foot to the floor, just turn right for fun. <laughs> it's true. Just hopefully you don't mow down some cornfields so while you're in the that process. That car'd actually be a lot of fun auto crossing, but it's a good road car too. So that's a good one. Yeah. And then I have to say it. Go out and tripod a uh, a hatchback, a Fiesta ST, <laughs> three wheel motion. Seriously, Fiesta that- ST, because that car's fine for commuting. It's fine, okay. Yeah, it's not nice, yeah. but it's fine. Your commute's not. Your your commute's gonna be one of those where I got to work again. But the Fiesta ST,
1: <laughs> did seriously, did I get to work again? Yes, I did. Yes, I did.
0: Okay, good. I don't remember getting here. I've had those commutes too. I've had those commutes where you get to work Zoned and you are like, out. I don't remember three quarters of what I just did. You're just a straight line.
1: I had breakfast and now I'm here. Right? Yeah, exactly. What so
0: fiesta st you don't have to be precious no if the kids wreck the car it's a fiesta st (laughs) everything's plastic kids wreck the car it's all good hose it out it's all good so yeah and yes you could do focus st as well i mean we could go into hatchback madness here you didn't mention any hatchbacks i'm kind of surprised by that but there's good options here if you want to rock the vet rock the vet but i i think hatchbacks may be the key thing
1: i'm just wondering how often the cops hang out on that straight road that is his commute do they know this is his commute? <laughs>
0: are there billboards to hide behind? Is there any reason to watch this commute? Are you lapping? Are you timing yourself? Can we do the 30-minute commute in 15 minutes? Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm asking questions
1: here. Because then that'd be an interesting debate. It would. Well, I'm actually trying to bring my times down. I'm working on my no, lap times here. No, we cannot endorse that. <laughs> we will laugh along with you, but we
0: cannot endorse that. Yes.
1: We'll send condolences while you're in prison. Just <laughs> Dude, kidding.
0: thanks for listening to the podcast.
1: <laughs> Inmate number. Anyway, yeah. Exactly. All right, Kirk, thank you so much for writing in. If you've got your own debate, please do write to us, everydaydrivertv at gmail.com, or you can find us on the website. I always say this, top right corner at the contact button under the About Us tab right there. Love to hear from you. Love to hear your story if you have a straight line commute or maybe a twisting, curvy commute. Let's hope so. Yeah, exactly. Guys, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. If you love sports, you're going to love the new Underdog Sports Network on Podcast One.
0: Join host Chris Horwadel and friends each week as they cover the biggest stories in sports on The Underdog. Examine football news year-round with The Underdog Sports NFL Show. You can learn more about former NBA players on Tales from the Association, and you can fight it out on your wrong, and here's why. Check out all the exciting shows on The Underdog Sports Network every week on Podcast One or wherever you get podcasts. When you do, please be sure to rate those shows and rate this one too. Our sponsor, Wrangler, has given a slightly different copy for our ad, so we realize there's only one way to handle this. We have to bring back The Voice. Everybody has a favorite pair of jeans. The pair that fits perfectly and always looks great. The pair you wear out at night. At home, on the couch, at work, wherever. They're the go-to, and you can't underestimate their importance. No one knows this better than Wrangler, the authority on jeans. Using their expertise in comfort and durability, Wrangler jeans are made for the adventurers, the go-getters, the folks who like to keep moving, whether you ride a bike, a bronc, a skateboard, or even drive a car. You could be a person that just wanders the earth looking for we're not sure what. These are still the jeans for you. Classic or modern styles, a range of fits, even vintage re-releases, with a price that works for you. Wrangler has something for everybody. Visit Wrangler.com and check out their great selection of jeans, shirts, pants, outerwear for men and for women. New styles, great fits. Wrangler. Real, comfortable jeans.
1: That was proper.
2: Yeah.
0: Think of all the weird
1: things found in cars. I'm not talking about your garden variety, petrified french fries, or melted crayons. I'm talking about live snakes or bizarre trinkets. You know, the kind of stuff that just makes you wonder about. Another thing that will make you wonder, but in a good way, are Continental belts. They're
0: actually original equipment on... Tens of millions of vehicles, we're talking FCA, Ford, GM, even BMW and Volkswagen, use Continental belts. Now, Continental is launching
1: the aftermarket multi-V belt with the OE Pedigree.
0: It's their OE Technology Series. These belts are fanatically engineered for perfect fit, form, and function. They have belts for almost 98% of vehicles on the road today in the U.S. and Canada. There's enough surprises when you're working on a car. A belt shouldn't be one of them go with the Continental OE Technology
1: Series Multi V Belt, the belt with the OE pedigree. To get the full story, visit oetechnologyseries.com. Let's consider the secret life of the innermost nesting doll. Living most of her life in the dark inside the other nesting dolls, she has plenty of time to think, if she could. Sadly, she has no brain. However. When an innermost nesting doll hears that Geico not only saves people money, but also has been providing great service for over 75 years, she thinks it's obvious you should switch. Because yes, switching to Geico is a no-brainer. Pity the innermost
0: nesting doll and her lot in life.
1: Hey, we've got to talk about Amsoil. You know why we like Amsoil? Because they're a bunch of car people. They're
0: gearheads. They're into all kinds of power sports and cars, and they get it. AMSOIL has created a guide to increasing horsepower in your vehicle. It's insider tips from some of the best in the business on coaxing more power out of your engine. You can get your copy for free at amsoil.com driver. Plus, you can learn how the AMSOIL Signature Series Synthetic Motor Oil delivers 75% more engine protection against horsepower loss and wear than is required by the industry standard. So don't forget, go to amsoil.com driver
1: to get your free insider's guide to increasing horsepower.
0: Guys, we're back, and I want to remind you that tomorrow—Happy Friday, by the way— tomorrow is Saturday morning, the last Saturday of Season 3 on Velocity. Yes, this is a repeat of our Moab adventure,
1: which your son
0: joined us and did the was, jazz hands crazy. in the back seat. He did jazz Pretty hands. Funny. Yes, you can see why he did jazz hands, but uh-huh. well, let's be honest, he's a kid with a mo- mother who dances, so he takes dance as well. So jazz hands are worthwhile, so that's that's, that's <laughs> something he did. So that happened. Also, I am going to say it. I am going to say—I almost hesitate to say it, but I'm going to say it. All right. Within a week of you listening to this podcast, Amazon has told us that the whole season should be available. Right. Within a week of when you're listening to this podcast, we've actually heard from Amazon directly. We asked them questions. They said yes. Within a week, uh, they they admitted their side of things, slow uploads, technical issues. Were they backed up? I don't know. They just said... Were the yep.
1: minions of people watching and vetting the content just not up to speed? don't know.
0: So so they've said within a week, hopefully it's sooner, when it happens, we'll not only announce it on the podcast, but we'll also mention all social media so you can do the buy season now on Amazon. That'll be very cool. That'll be that Moab episode finally on Amazon along with everything else. We've got a
1: debate from Tom writing from Cincinnati, Ohio. He's six foot five and 250
0: pounds. His wife is five foot one. She's yeah. tiny. And his wife is five one. Yes. Yes. <laughs> actually, I actually know a couple here that's very much this way. Yeah. He's like six seven, six eight, and she's like five four. And uh, but they I mean they've married a long time, huge, happy marriage. I just always love the juxtaposition of that. So
1: funny. Whenever my parents saw this couple when when I was growing up, they this couple was an older couple and they were really small, both of them. Okay. And my mom would always call them the small smalls. Oh no. Like, there's the small smalls. <laughs> oh, <no>. What? <laughs> You're so
0: mean. There's there's actually a couple here in Park City that I've seen a lot and they are they are some of those like Park City rock star couples where they're both in unbelievable shape. Oh but they're yeah. both also about seventy and they're both They, like, are exactly the same height, and they're both, like, five feet tall. But honestly, I am convinced that either one of them could destroy me at any sport I picked. Yeah. I don't care that they're 70 plus. They just, they're in that kind of shape. That's a weird thing about Park City. You see those people around here, and I say those people because I am not those people. The people that are in such unbelievable shape, I just kind of sit here and go, I don't care what age you are. You're going to hurt me. It's like Like when you're in the checkout line at the grocery store, and you're just kind of noticing, like,
1: what are they buying? Like, oh, it's all health food. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> what have I, I, I done wrong? I'll tell you what I've done wrong. Look at <laughs> look at my grocery cart. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> All right. So Tom found the podcast not too long ago and it seems like good timing because he and his wife are in the market next spring for a third vehicle for fun weekend driving mm-hmm. and something that he might take to work on nice days. They're looking for a convertible. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right now, they've got a couple of cars. His wife has a BMW uh, let's see. She got the X5. Yes, yeah, she got the X5 after looking at the X3, but she skipped over that because, you know, she wants him to be comfortable driving. So she yep. just thought, all right, a little bit too small. A little bit more space. Yeah, for sure. All right. she She's had a 2012 Honda CRV, 2014 mm-hmm. Toyota Highlander, Lexus 250C, and the X1. So they did have the small
0: BMW SUV, mm-hmm. the X1. and But they drove the Lexus <clears throat> 250C, and they really liked it. Yes, they did. So there's a convertible they they both loved, uh, but they said two problems. One, it was rear-wheel drive, which made them a little more uncomfortable in the winter months. But, of course, this is a third car we're shopping for now, so it doesn't matter. But I'm also going to say I've driven the 250C, and in the world of convertibles, we can do better. Yes, we can. And he also had looked at a Corvette or Mustang, but he thought the
1: size would be too much, a bit too much for his wife. So that's the thing we've got to deal here Mm is— A car that will fit him, but still is a good size for both of them from a driving characteristics, fun to drive, Mm -hmm. convertible. I'm thrilled. I have your car, Tom. I have it. Great. Yeah.
0: Great. This is going to be fun. Well, I think Tom is the big question mark here because here's the thing. I'm going to list a few things, but Tom, honestly, what I'm giving you more than anything here is a go drive list. Because mm-hmm. as, as Paul and I've talked about before, we're both 6'3", but our body types are different enough that, that we uh, complain about cars differently, if you will. Okay? And then yeah. you add Chance to the mix, also 6'3", he complains about different things too. Right. He's all okay. legs. I'm right in the middle. And I apparently have a freakish torso. We're not right. sure when you I got stretched knuckles in the, the ground. factory, but that happens. So, right. yeah. So, that, so, so this is the question. I don't know how you fit in cars, Tom. So you're going to have to go test drive the stuff I recommend to see what do you fit in. You're the, very, the weird variable here. Like, for example, I actually think their budget is thirty to forty grand. I actually think the nice perfect budget. car on the list, before you worry about Tom and will he fit, the perfect car on the list is the Miata RF, but I don't think he's going to fit. That's funny. I
1: had, that had crossed my mind. I'm intrigued that you so said I think,
0: that. I think it's out because I don't think Tom fits. I think it's a great candidate except for size.
1: Just get a ball-peen hammer and tap, tap,
0: tap on the roof and kind of tap out a little gurney bubble. <laughs> the gurney bubble. Just, you know, make your own. <laughs> the, the little Tom be doing fine. the gurney bubble yeah. on the Mazda RF. I actually, I'd actually kind
1: of like to see that, I have to admit, yeah. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to work my way to your perfect car. No, I'm just going to tell you. Oh, okay, good. Tom, get ready. I think you should buy a 2014 or a 2015 Jaguar F-Type.
0: I wondered if you'd go there.
1: I've looked. Okay. And they are perfectly in your price range. Okay. As a matter of fact, I looked at Jaguar of Cincinnati. They have nothing. Okay. They will get your maintenance business, but you need to go to Autos of Dallas in Plano, Texas. Oh, wow. And drive home a 2015 Jaguar F-Type for $39,690. Done. That's tempting. I have to 340-horsepower supercharged V6 with only 30,000 miles. It's blue with that cream, tan, grayish-looking sure. interior. Okay, all right. Here's why you need to buy a Jaguar F-Type. <laughs> it's mainly the phrases, Tom. And the first one is, honey, let's take the Jag. <laughs> There you go. How often do you want to hear that phrase? <laughs> Kids come home, Mom and Dad, when'd you get a Jag? That's a good one, too. Yeah. There's also the, Hey, nice Jag. Or, Whose Jag is that? <laughs> Here's another
0: one. You want to ride in my Jag? Easy, easy. Tom's married. <laughs> but yeah, take your point. But you can say that to your wife for fun. I take your point. Yeah. You could. Well, you might
1: start calling her Vanessa and calling everything else what? shagadelic. You know, Austin oh, Powers, you type
0: I see where you're going. Come yeah. on. Everything's shagadelic now. You could if you get, drive it, you Jag. Get, it, get it wrapped in the, in the, the Union Jack Come on. You okay. remember the
1: 1973 ad, Man Meat Machine? Come yeah, on, Tom. Fair. Okay, Jaguar for you. Think of your custom license plate already. I have sold you the oh, Jaguar. No. You want the F-Type. It's gorgeous. It sounds so good. It does.
0: It does sound amazing.
1: Just the phrase alone. Do you want to live with this phrase in your life? Honey, can we take the
0: Jag? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, we're getting into a similar size of the Corvette and Mustang, but when he talks about maybe being too much for his wife, I actually think that's... The the dynamics and the power of those cars more mm-hmm. than just the sheer size. I, sure. think, I think the F type is, is compelling here. I think it's I really think it could compelling. Fit both
1: here. of you, just fine. Mm-hmm. I think you put the seat all the way back, Tom. You'll be fine. Yeah. And your wife, yeah, shove it all the way forward, and it's still a nice size, mm-hmm. controllable. Sure, still feels yeah. like you've got your your driving skills wrapped around this car. And you guys wanted power. You mentioned the 440i. You were going to drive the BMW. Yeah,
0: has got power. You
1: already for got sure. BMWs. Mm-hmm. You've never had a Jag.
0: Agreed. And here's the thing. I actually have a BMW on my list, but the thing I I, I do think you should shop for is let's not buy anything that is also a sedan. Mm, yeah, good. Let's go buy a good. purpose-built convertible here, yeah. a purpose-built two-seater at least, okay? So I have a few you need to drive. Drive the Mercedes SL line. How much SL can you get? They even have the SLC, which is which is actually starts brand new right now at 45 and goes up. That was the old SLK, so, right? But you can get, just, just follow the SL lineup of Mercedes and you can mm-hmm. go nuts. Okay, mm-hmm. this is sure. their little hard top convertible. One of the things I'm reading into this is that you're not pursuing a whole lot of power. You want just enjoyment and you want a hard top convertible. Okay, so I think the SL line for Mercedes could be really good for you. I, again, I don't know how you fit. I, I yeah, genuinely don't true. know you're going to have to go and drive one true along a similar vein uh Audi TT Oh Audi TT convertible why not it's not a hard top convertible but I do like that actually It's interesting I do like that And if you want the all wheel drive that becomes obviously a great a great animal there but I I also think you know this is a car that somebody that I that I know in Salt Lake walked up to me with a photo recently and went what is this car because they were just they they stopped at a stoplight and were like what is that
1: how no kidding. Those?
0: And it's no the kidding. BMW Z4. That hard top really? convertible. Yeah. Just turn this person's yeah. head. But the thing is, they've been around long enough now. Get yourself a certified pre-owned one of those. They've dropped in price, actually. And they come in a range of engines. So if you get the the lower horsepower engine, it's still like 250, 260 horsepower. would oh, be great. You're going to yeah. be fine, and it's going to be a lot cheaper used. So well, I probably won't even spend three quarters of your budget but I mean, you if you can do go want to newer. stay in bmw land you certainly can with that car for sure for sure and it's compelling good looking great hard top convertible that's a real viable option as well and then i i have to say it because we are in a category that allows this we're not talking hard top convertibles but this isn't your primary car either and i have to bring it up you do have to go porsche shopping Okay. Drive the Boxster and drive the 911. How much of both of those can you get for your 40 grand? Now, you're not going to be into last year's model. You're not. I know that. No. no. But those cars are probably going to run really well. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think you're going to have pro- problems. Plus, you're in Cincinnati. You're not in the middle of nowhere. You can find a nice Porsche mechanic in Cincinnati that can handle that car when it needs something. Yeah. But true. the thing about the Porsche Boxster and the 911, the reason I, I think you need to drive them is because I think you'll be surprised by the space in those cars. Hmm. I'll go back to Chance, for example. Okay. He likes the Miata, the current Indy Miata, the RF, et cetera, but he doesn't fit. His wife has a Boxster. It's perfect. He now has a 996 911. No problems at all. It is true. These are cars that with a funny. surprising amount of space, and that's why I bring them up. Yeah. So this is drive homework for you, man. I want you in that Mercedes SL, the Z4 BMW, the Audi TT, and those two options from Porsche. See what you think. Plus, you have to drive an F-Type because Paul's really hit on something there. Sweet Jack, dude. Isn't that what you want to hear, Tom? I don't know that you want the dude part, but the rest of it's well, good. Yeah, for yeah, sure. Maybe I
1: duded you. All right. Thanks to you both for writing in. We're really appreciative. We've got to jump to some social media questions because we have many. And there's a question over here on Instagram from Brandomness, who's a 2007 Cayman owner, 93,000 okay. miles, who says he finds himself so eager to take care of his car that he's out of things to do.
0: Now... <laughs> <laughs> I do not have this problem. You might, but I do not have this problem. Listen... Listen
1: uh, with ears that don't include Porsche and Cayman. Just listen as if you've got your favorite car. You've done everything Mm -hmm. to it. And he said the maintenance is current. There are upgrades that he could theoretically make. Most of them are just in the bonus category, like, you know, suspension, wheels, Apple CarPlay, things Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. They're not cheap. It's really a significant investment. And they aren't needed yet, like coilovers, brakes, tires, that kind of thing. So the question is, what are some affordable things that we recommend for the do it yourself guy or gal who loves to wrench, but is completely out of things to do <laughs> and out of things to clean. <laughs> There's nothing left to do in your car. And that's why I say take Porsche and Cayman out of it. Doesn't sure, matter. Sure, sure. It matters. Your favorite car it could sure, be a sure. Corvette could be 86, whatever that mm-hmm. is. Yeah, yeah, What do you do? Road trip. Randomness. I'm, I'm saying this to me more than I am to you, okay. but I'm saying, go drive your car. Yeah. Go enjoy it. Yeah. Go get it dirty, because then you'll have something to clean.
0: That's true. You'll give yourself more stuff to do. Yeah. But you'll also have a fun drive in the middle. Plan a fun drive.
1: Plan a. It doesn't have to be a long road trip. I like your suggestion, but it can be a quick destination. You know what? Let's go get that bottle of wine in the other state. Let's go get my favorite (laughs) soda from North Carolina or my favorite wherever that is. You know what I mean? Let's go make a destination out of
0: it. There's a a road I really want to drive that happens to be four hours away. Let's drive four hours and then drive that fun road and then come back. Yeah. And then come home. I see it. It okay. could be a
1: day trip. It could yeah. be, you know, a couple of days and then plan something. Where have you always wanted to go that's within two states away? We'll say. Yeah. Well, two states, we say on the West Coast, you know, those are pretty big states. In yeah, the East because, Coast, it's not as big. They're probably like
0: Who knows? 15 minutes away. But here's, but here's the thing, though. Also, that Cayman is a surprisingly good road trip car. It's great. It actually. really is. It's great. I like that.
1: Yes, there are things you can always do. There's always stuff to do. But when have you really reconnected? As a matter of fact, Todd and I are considering just going to drive this weekend. Not mm-hmm. for long, but we're just going to go Not drive to for just no other reason than yep. to burn gas. Possibly, yep. That's it. That's really cathartic.
0: Yeah, for sure. For sure. Wow, that's a great one to start with. Uh, damn it, Patton wrote in, he's coming to the meetup in a week. He says, any last-minute suggestions or tips? I'm, I'm going to give you a, a genuine one, and, I, and, I'm, and I'm calling out to all of you that may be listening to this and are a week away from coming to the, to the beginning. And, yes, thank you for coming. We can't wait to see you um, all. And, wow, there's a lot of people coming. Please hear the, <laughs> the, the caution in my voice. <laughs> okay. Because the number of you coming is honestly about three times what we expected. We've created a monster? We have. So yeah. So what I'm going to ask you to bring is your patience. Yeah. Honestly, that sounds so parental, but i just i don 't know how all of these steps are going to go because there 's going to be a lot of you there 's only two of us, and many of these restaurants have looked at us and gone. I'm sorry. How many people are you bringing? So it's with, it's with the going, faint laughter in the background. Exactly. Yeah. The, yeah. Where you hear the kitchen staff both laugh and and, and throw a pan somewhere. So <laughs> right. so yeah. So I'm going to ask for your patience because we're going to be borderline overwhelmed. I think it's going to be very fun, but it's going to be huge <laughs> compared mm-hmm. to what we expected. So yeah, please be patient with us. That's my first question. Um, also, I'm going to shift gears completely to Michael's question on Facebook. He's asking about leases. Oh, great. He's saying there's not a lot of Lotus Elise's just sitting around, just sitting around waiting to be driven. How do I get a sense of good steering feel if I can't get in an Elise?
1: I like this, and I want to tie this to Ariopolis' question about good steering feel. So keep okay. going. Great. But this, I, they, this they can they apply to together. both.
0: They do tie together. I totally agree. The, I'm going to give you a few cars that you should drive for steering feel. I'm not saying all of these equal the Elise because the Elise is a pretty special animal in that regard, but but cars you should try to get into. Get into a pre-electric steering Porsche product. Shaman sure, or Boxster, sure. 911, whatever, excellent steering there. Get into an E46 M3, excellent steering feel there. Get into a current 86 because that's actually a surprisingly good electric steering rack. It's not nearly as informative as the Elise's and the manual steering, but that's a pretty good one too. I'm trying to think about cars that you could just find somewhere that you were just going to be like, okay, this is good steering feel. Mm.
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, good turn-in is that enthusiastic nature of the car that instantly tells you about tires and chassis and where the engine is, Mm -hmm. all those kinds of things in the recipe. But what you're saying is is very similar. And that good turn-in is, wow, this car is eager and enthusiastic. Some cars have a very sharp initial turn-in, and some cars with their variable steering ratios – have this sharp initial turn in, and then it kind of plays out through the rest of the turn, and it's mm-hmm. less precise and a lot sure. less feel that degrades sure. as you're going through the corner. You think, I want that through the entire corner. That is an Elise. Through mm. the entire oh, corner, yeah, yeah. that yeah,
0: yeah. really defines Lotus. It screams at L- you the entire tire? time. All of your, your steering information is is borderline overwhelming, and I mean that in a great way, but it's right. just there's tons of it all the time.
1: But there's some that have that you know initial bite, and then it kind of fades through the corner. Yeah. Others... Increase their steering ratio, or I I should say, decrease their ratio and increase their feel through the corner, Mm. and it gets better and better and better. The tighter you turn in, and it grips harder, and you feel like you can keep pushing. Mm -hmm. You're not backing off. You're steady throttle. You're neutral through the corner. Those are cars that just we love. We love. Yeah, I mean,
0: speaking a little further on this, Ariopolis. This is a great question. Your Your question is really just trying to go, what the heck is good turn in? What are we Mm -hmm. talking about? Okay, and and the thing is that what is the initial attitude of the car when you go into the corner? You're going straight, and now you're turning. Mm -hmm. Cars are on a range of response times. And you can have a car that has a pretty initial good turn-in response time, except there's a lot of weight you're shifting, and now it gets frightening. Right, So you can have good turn-in on something that is heavy and then a little bit frightening. You can also have good turn-in on something like an Elise that is really light, but – if you turn the wheel and it feels like the car is a stutter step behind you, that's not really a great turn in. Because it defines the speed
1: at which you can enter that corner. Of course, every turn is different, but and, it also informs that. And the
0: confidence of your inputs, too. If yeah, I right. do this action, the car is going to be exactly with me or it's going to be lagging behind. That changes the way you drive it. mm a question
1: from sean c on here on facebook what are some stereotypical automotive journalist tropes we don't agree with like obsessing over diesel and rotary engines refusing to buy anything that is not not a manual brown mercedes manual station wagons that are diesels (laughs) yada is always the answer you know it's it's handling feel and i chose this question because it's just after we're describing what we're looking for in a car and there's Mm, the mm. the typical thing man this handles like it's on rails dude yeah don't do that you realize train tracks are long and straight with very gentle curves. Does that mean that car's good for drag <laughs> racing?
0: I hadn't thought of it in those terms. It's good. They, I like it. They're that. usually straight. There's no hairpins on train tracks. No. That's a good point. Yeah. They don't curve and that's funny. they don't they just kind
1: of they don't do much. Yeah, that's very funny. I hadn't thought about that like that. I guess it's the running home to stats. And you and I talk about yeah, this that's often. Fair. And it's you'll see journalists come back to statistics and try to relate that to feel without describing much. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. When it's well, why, why do you care about zero to 60 times? I care about the 30 to 70 when it actually matters. Sure, yeah, yeah. And we yeah, care yeah. about on-ramps. We care about you know, all those kinds of different things that are actually done in driving rather than the typical, I guess that's what I'm working towards is the typical measurement of the yeah. way cars are. Does anybody time themselves zero to 60? No, you're just driving your car. Yeah. yeah most Does it time, matter that yeah. I don't have 500 horsepower and I only have 300? No. Yeah. I just love driving it. You know, yeah. things like that. So
0: the typical measurement stats. That happens a lot. I mean, you'll see guys especially – it was, used to be more of an issue than it is now, I think, but especially the guys that came out of the written word only and then suddenly were told they had to be on camera. You'd kind of watch them. If you watch closely, you kind of watch them get to the end of their thought and glaze over and go, I can put a stat here because that mm, can fill, mm. the, fill the space. You and I have tried really hard to not be about stats and be about feel, and I'll be honest, some days I'm much better at it than others. Some days I can really express to you what it's like to be in the car driving it right now, and some days I kind of get it across. Sure, but I try really hard to not be like, "Well, uh, let me just talk to you for a minute about this stat that will never relate to anything." Yeah, it's it a great point. It's a great point. I matter. also, I also think a lot of times automotive journalism exits reality. It's just, you know, we all, we don't, don't, I mean, come on, doesn't everybody have a chance to ring their card on a racetrack? And you and I try to be careful because we love driving on a racetrack. But even you and I, if, if we get six or eight track days, a calendar year, we consider that a success.
1: That's huge for us. Okay.
0: So I know sometimes it might sound like we track all the time, but automotive journalists, especially at big uh, mastheads, they have access to a track weekly. They're doing some sort of track. Oh yeah. This is not reality. And the problem is it starts to warp your reality. It's warped us more than sometimes you you could argue we'd like. But, I mean, come on. We've driven the Ring and Spa once a year for years now. Mm-hmm, Amazing. Mm-hmm. But I also commute, okay? Absolutely. so So when you lose sight of that and it's all supercars on racetracks, <laughs> I it say, becomes unrelatable. I, this is a shot, and
1: that is, well, we're debating the merits of the new Lamborghini Huracan on the track. And, well, this this stat tells me this. Do, have you been in one? Do you know? How does that stat tell you well, that information it doesn't. Well, And, and why are we debating this anyway? <laughs> None of us
0: can afford that car. Yeah. Is anybody that's going to drive it going to be able to, to pick up that nuance you've picked up? Because there's a lot of things. When you drive a lot of these really high-performance sports cars back-to-back-to-back, to back to back, you start to pick out nuances that, frankly, 90% of buyers will never have a chance to perceive because they didn't do the back-to-back. Right, So right. we try to keep it grounded. That, that I'm not saying we always succeed at that, but we try to keep it grounded in that regard because it's not all about track driving, which leads to things, crazy things. I have a Lotus piece coming up that relates to this – Things like cup holders and automatic transmissions do matter. It's going to be a comedy piece, I think, start to finish. Let's hope. But honestly, look, I've commuted in L.A. Yeah. yeah. I've driven fun roads, in LA, but I've commuted in L.A. When we commute in L.A., I love having things like Apple CarPlay. And, hey, this has a heated and cooled cup holder. Who knew? I'm not saying that's required, but you see what I'm saying. These things start to matter when real life invades. But many times, when you when you come across most automotive journalism, especially stuff on YouTube, none of that stuff comes up. And it's easy to say, "Well, that car is down on." You're talking about a 550
1: horsepower car. What, yeah. What are yeah. you nuts? You know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we well,
1: never want to lose that. You know. Do we want to drive the fun stuff too? Absolutely. Always. And still bring the wow! Like I can't believe we're driving this. For sure. How amazing is the track this car? Hawk.
0: Yeah. Why are we driving this? Mm-hmm. Why on earth are bypassing passing everything like they
1: parked it? John Hennessy just came out with a thousand horsepower Trackhawk.
0: The car squats and, and turns into a dot on the horizon. It, it takes a special person to yeah. drive the Trackhawk and think, you know what this needs is more power.
1: <laughs> That's what John Hennessy has built his entire That's brand exactly what
0: his name means. But it's shocking to me that you can drive a car in the modern age with 700 horsepower and go, I can give this more.
1: Question on Facebook from Ivor John R., who loves professional restomods, like the singer and like Rivology, which is the Mustang, the classic Mustang for sure, everybody, yeah, yeah. Money, money. says they do great work, but there is a British outfit that does electric conversions on classics, oh, which is yeah. pretty awesome. I agree, and I don't have the name in front of me right now. He's asking, do we think this is the way forward to keep classic designs alive? Well, short of restoration just in general— but it doesn't have to be restoration to the point of, well, this is going to be an auction car, or, you know, so far priced, and it was so far better than new. I do love the rest of mods, and I do love what do too. Jaguar is doing with the E-Type. I've talked yeah, about this before. This. They're fitting the IPACE drivetrain that is non-destructive. You can always go back to the gasoline engine, Yeah, and it's fit in such a way that it balances, it, it mimics the balance of the original car. Mm-hmm. So it's not weighted in one end or the other. Yeah. And, yeah, just that silent gliding E-Type. is. I lo- I'm actually up for the electric 911s, the vintage electric 911s. I'm I up see. for it.
0: Well, you know, I have to say, Chance has got some really cool photos of that electric E-Type and the Monterey. Um, <laughs> yeah, he does. Uh, he's got a Monterey photo album up on our on our Facebook page. Right. And there's, I noticed. I went through and really stopped. Monterey montage? I, exactly. Very good. Good, good. I stopped, of course, on those E-Type photos. And it's interesting to think about what you just said, the I pace drivetrain, and now watch how it's been integrated. When you sit there in the car, it's, I I don't know that I'm here on this yet, but I, but I do see the market for it. it, Let me say if and when (coughs) big ifs and wins, there is a large percentage of the market that is now electric. I think there is a place for this. I'm not running to it though, because I do feel like there's a personality shift when you make those cars electric.
1: So many people responded to that photo album loving the Datsun 510. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's scrolling past the hypercars and the supercars <laughs> and the Chiron point. crazy. It's a good point. And you're right. I, It's cool to go see them. When they're there, do yeah. we have to go look at them? Yes,
0: we do. Of course we do.
1: But then people are going, wow, that 510 really stirs me. Is that the best handling, braking, or performing car on the market? No. Yeah. No. But yeah. it does something. And if it's just restored enough or it has an alternate powertrain and it's affordable. I'll say under 100 grand. I'll say okay. under 80 grand. Yeah, you're, yeah. I mean it's it's hard to hard to do that and I realize, you know, mm-hmm. that's an expensive car still, but something that seems like wow, one day I could I could attain that and it just speaks to me in a different way that isn't just a typical Lamborghini kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's so much cooler. Interesting. Uh, Tyler F. had an interesting question. Did you see this? I did. So he says he's asking for a friend. Relationship advice. Tyler's asking for a friend. Yeah, and it's relationship advice. Be careful. Uh, He just found out, or or, um, sorry, Tyler's friend just found out that the cute girl that uh, works at a popular shop that he visits, the friend visits just to talk to. She also drives the cool WRX that he stares at when he walks into the shop. Uh-huh. He didn't realize this until right now. It, it's one and the same. Cute girl in shop drives great car in parking lot. <laughs> he said, "What do you uh, hang on? Well, well, what do I do? What, what does my friend do?" <laughs> exactly. <laughs> here's here's the thing for you, Tyler, and your friend. Um, I think this just got easier. Honestly, I think it just got easier yeah. because now instant <laughs> instant point of conversation. There's your entry point. Friend. Is that WRX in the, in the parking lot yours? Mm-hmm. Did I hear? Did I see? Whatever, whatever your intro is. But is that WRX in the parking Is that your car? And then uh, here's a crazy idea. Crazy idea for men everywhere. Let her talk about it. <laughs> Let her talk about that car. Yeah. Don't tell all the things of why you think it's awesome. You've asked about it. Let her tell you. Hopefully there's an actual conversation there. Who knows? I, I like this. Hopefully it's helpful for you and your friend. Jerome on Twitter is asking
1: if we'll be attending the SCCA runoffs at Sonoma Raceway, October 15th to the 21st. Sadly, no. We wish we could be, but we'll probably be back shooting. We've got a lot of episodes to finish for Season 4. We'll just have come off our Lemons race right then. Yes, 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 that week. We'll be pretty raced out right then and then kind of resetting and Mm -hmm. getting ready for the rest of Season 4. We've got a lot planned, but... Yeah, we'd, we would love to, and there's events, you know, Sport, all there's that kind so of stuff we, we wish we could have yeah. gone to, but, you know, sometimes we've got to pick and choose because <clears throat> content... Got to put out this the country.
0: Well, is true. Well, the other thing is, you know, we've talked about going back to Laguna this year, mm-hmm. but it yeah. looks like the time when we would go to Laguna is exactly during one of our shoots that can only be done during that weekend. So, I mean, this yeah, is the right. kind of these are the kind of battles we have to struggle with. And, and look, I say struggle. Struggle's too strong a word. <laughs> it's a little... This is our job. I'll be okay with it, <laughs> exactly. honestly. But we're just this is the the reality of what happens. Exactly. All
1: right. What other questions did you find here? Uh,
0: I've got a. We need to end on a track daily crush in a minute that I think is hysterical. All right. But all I right. wanted to to mention this this comment. Uh, Durj88 on Instagram. Manufacturers look at sales data. To figure out what cars they should be buying, or they should be making for us to buy. Right, right? Do enthusiasts hurt themselves by waiting for them all to be used? Yes, we do. We don't shoot ourselves in the foot; we shoot ourselves in the face. Because, <laughs> and, and look, we are guilty on this podcast because I'll, I'll talk about a car is really cool at forty grand, but wait till they're twenty. But the problem that's is what we're about absolutely. But the problem is, if nobody buys them at forty, they stop making them for Gen Two. I I stand by my statement that I will be shocked. For the eighty-six to have a good second gen, because I don't know that the numbers are there to make that car justifiable. And the GTR at this point is a ten-year-old car. Why has it not been revised? Why has the Z car not been revised? Partially sales numbers. These have never been big number cars. Sure, we're sure. all excited about them used. We are. we genu- I mean, the three seventy Z too expensive new. Mm-hmm. Interesting car. We start talking about when it gets used enough. The GTR is now a, a six-figure car. But we're excited about it. When oh, look, they're forty, they're fifty. Oh my gosh, look what's happening! Twenty five thousand dollar Hellcats. Yeah, lock your doors. But uh, yeah, lock your doors and like build a, sh- a fence. <laughs> right. Anyway, but 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 here's the thing: we have to buy them in the first place for manufacturers to go. There really is a market. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I'm saying this is a guy that only buys used cars. It's a weird dilemma that we're in. Look, I'm I'm back and
1: forth on this. I love used cars. I love the deals. I'm all about them. But if you can get into something new. Good on you, for but sure. It's still got to be sure. well bought. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. But there is a contingent of people that wants that warranty and wants from new and completely. the support and completely. the service. Yeah, and that's completely
0: that's valid. Great if you've got it.
1: And it honestly, I don't think it has to do with stages of life. It mm. really doesn't. It's not. Well, you're in your fifties and sixties and seventies. You could probably buy a new car. No. Yeah. There's people in their twenties and sure. thirties. Yeah, yeah. It really doesn't matter stage of life. It just matters your ability to pay for it and Mm -hmm. consume it and all that kind of stuff. That's why leasing is so great, but that's why we're seeing this proliferation of car sharing services. Yeah. And I think that's that's going to continue to be tried and tested in various forms. I I, I maintain that. It's it's all experimentation by manufacturers right now. They're just trying stuff out. Is that going to work? Because they want to put new product into your
0: hands and think, you know what? This just came off the car sharing program after a year. Want to buy it? Well, but the whole car sharing thing taps into that same thing that software and everybody else is doing. If you can lock people into a consistent monthly payment and plan for that, the stockholders love it. Yeah. And income goes up. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. Interesting. All right. So you had a track daily crush, I think? Yeah. If you want to end there, I have a a crazy one from Ken Funk. Okay. It's all bad. Let's just admit it. It's all bad. Track daily crush Pontiac Aztec H2 Hummer. So the less cool one. Yeah. And the early two thousands Hyundai accent.
1: Hmm. Well, I know I'm crushing the Aztec. That's a foregone conclusion. Now what to do with the other two? Okay. You know what? Let's let's track that H two. Wow. Let's dirt track that H two. Okay, I see that. Let's see jump that H two. Gotcha. Gotcha. And then um suffer in my Hyundai.
0: Okay, well, you know, actually, this is one of the rare times that you and I couldn't be more different on this. Really? A lot of times we align. Uh, I'm actually crushing the H2 Hummer. I'm crushing it because I mean, no car that big should have that terrible <laughs> a use of space. It's just it, it's, it's almost like they sat down with a focus group and tried to figure out how to not use space well. Right, right. Okay, so that's gone. All right, Which leaves me with <clears throat> Pontiac Aztec and Hyundai Accent. I'm going to daily the the, the Aztec Are you really? and try hard to revel in the absurdity. I'm just going difficult, <laughs> to try difficultly to revel in the absurdity. So there's that. The Hyundai Accent is left as my track car, and now I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to approach it with a Lemons headspace. Mm -hmm. Embrace the goofy. How good can we make? I mean, come on. We did Lemons in a 96 Legacy Wagon. Proving yet again yeah, yeah. you can you can track anything. So my question is if you took an accent and you tried to make a race car out of it, it's it's like those programs that happen every now and then where a manufacturer goes, We're gonna race that so people can see we're racing it. And you know there's some race engineer somewhere going, That's what I gotta work with. But <laughs> Dodge, they make a race Gallivers. car anyway. You know what I mean? So I that that I'm curious, what is the race prepped two thousand two Hyundai accent actually drive like? I don't know, <laughs> we'll find out. Anything can be made to go fast. I'm just saying. Put a rocket on the back of your house; it'll go fast. Yeah. Heck yeah, guys! Thank you so
1: much for writing to us. We really appreciate all your debates and your great social media questions. We keep threatening to do an all social media question podcast. I think it's going to be sh- shortly here. I think we need to We're get on have this to, for sure. We've got some great ones that we've still missed, and we want to get to as well. Really appreciate your time, your energy,
0: and everything you guys uh, interact with us. Yeah, we love having you with us. If you haven't rated the podcast, we would love for you to do so. That does keep us in the top 10 automotive podcasts. People keep writing us honestly weekly or so we get a podcast uh, a- an email that says, I just found your podcast a week ago, two weeks ago, whatever. And that's because people mm-hmm. are digging around looking for actual podcasts about cars and they see us in the top 10 and they read your reviews. And that's why they're, they're listening now. Same thing applies for IMDb and Amazon ratings as well. We would really appreciate your ratings there if you have the time. Cause I remain steadfast. I will not Adamant? rate myself. I will not rate myself. <laughs> yes. Anyway, resolute, I guess. All right. Thank you guys. Looking forward to next
1: time. Cheers.